Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And welcome back to our second part of our chat with Malcolm Bangs. We've decided to call this episode 23. Yeah. Um, Just keep it easy. We've done all the formal stuff. Now we start going on some tangents and uh, <laughs> getting into the, the crux of Malcolm Bangs. Yeah, and, and into uh, his current venture being Zenith Sports and uh, tackling training amongst uh, uh, around a lot of different sports and a lot of different clubs around Melbourne. Yep. And, and then dabbling into his professional wrestling career, which I had no clue about when I asked him about it. We've got some MMA in there as well with uh, UFC Adelaide coming up. Coming up as well. All right, so enjoy part two of our chat with Malcolm Banks. is what judo and a lot of other uh, martial arts that include throws and you know impact yeah. will actually teach you otherwise you end yeah. up broken well, that's yeah. a, and that's a brilliant segue into um, your other um, uh, position now with uh, Zenith Sports and yep. Get Your Tackle On yep. so how did this come about as well so, I think that's uh, a better name than Get Your Tackle Out absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so we we um, uh, for 10 years ago, the Victorian Institute of Sport had a uh, men's soccer program, yep, which was right. technically a boys' soccer program. Well, if you need to learn how to fall, for soccer, <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> hence that, that was it. How do we dive so well, please? The getting up thing, not so absolutely. great. Absolutely. Um, but the, they, that what, what was happening was these guys are elite players. They were sort of, um, I think, 14, 15 or 15, yep. 16. Yep. Um, and they were playing... Uh, in the Victoria Premier League under 21s competition. So what you got is you've got yeah, you got 14, 15 year old boys getting sort of manhandled and pushed around. Yep. Because soccer is a non-contact sport. <laughs> um, and what was happening was these Especially guys were, they, they were getting very shy, they were getting shied away. Um, the gentleman that um, introduced or requested it, uh, his name's Ian Greener. So pretty much to this day I still owe him everything that just sort of started with this idea. So that 10 grand? I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. <let him> know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he uh, basically, his idea was, how do I toughen these boys up? Right. I just want them to, to, he initially thought boxing and his brain went, well, hang on a second, I can't, I can't just go bunch and then bang. Right? Um, and then he, he told me this, this little story where um, apparently in the 60s and the 50s, uh, dance classes, secret dance classes were held for soccer players because right. in those days, dancing was obviously very effeminate yep. Yep. and you were of the other persuasion. In those days. In those days. Right. In those days. Yeah. So what would happen is these guys would apparently, I think he was saying, or someone else actually agreed with it and told me this story, I think, that, um, yeah, guys would either organise private dance lessons with... Um, dancing instructors oh, okay. and all this sort of stuff so that no one knew what they were doing yep. because apparently also too a lot of the dancing instructors were that way inclined right, yeah. <laughs> and to quote Seinfeld not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> um, but yeah so so they had to sort of do it in secret now he went and did his homework and sort of 
remembered someone saying that judo is like dancing, right. which it is to okay. a point when a you lot of footwork. when you do yeah. your carter and, and all that sort of stuff, we're moving together and all that. Yeah. So he just thought, okay. Initially, the idea was that um, so obviously we had to teach the guys break falls and, and yeah. things yeah. like that. That, that actually is a lot like my dancing. Someone always ends up on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then, that, so these guys would do their break falls and things like that, which actually instilled their confidence. And once we got that up and running, we yep. actually just got them to beat the shit out of each other. And honestly, what it did, it tipped them over the edge to the point where, um, hang on a second, this isn't going to happen to me on the field. Yep. Yeah, I'm not so, going to push off the ball. Absolutely. Then from there, we started working on some skill-based stuff on how to hold out. So using your positional weight and all that sort of stuff, yeah. uh, understanding where the postures were and all this. We're also doing things like, so for example, very early on, we were doing, uh, when we were teaching the the uh, forward rolls, we were doing sort of second effort stuff where, let's say, for example, you got tripped over, you rolled yep. up to then right. head, you yep. then head yep. in. So they'd have their eye on the ball consistently. Yep. Head the ball, that is, not the player. Sorry, I, yep. I saw uh, you were yeah. getting confused. <laughs> 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 I've seen Glasgow soccer. Yep. <laughs> and so they do that sort of stuff where, I think it was very early on, I think this was um, one of the guys, they, they had a highlight reel and one of the guys uh, made a break. He was on his own. He had a defender to beat who went in for the slide tackle. The slide tackle was actually, he jumped over it. Yeah, right. Rather than take the dive because the ball was ahead and it was him versus the keeper, yep, he actually yep. did a forward roll. Wow. And then ended up scoring the goal. Wow. So it's that sort of stuff. Where's the YouTube video? Absolutely. No, no, no. I, I don't have a copy. I believe Ian does. And I've been meaning for like almost, what, 10 years yes. to find that copy. But... These sort of things where that happened, I had the, the pleasure of watching the guys play, I reckon it would be about 2009, prior to the Under-19 World Cup. Right. They yep. brought, the Kiwis brought their Under-19 team over yep. versus these v, the VIS team. Yep. Yeah. And the Kiwis came out hard. They came out yeah, really hard. Say. They were bumping everyone yep. over. And yep. all, They'd be like 30-year-olds. <laughs> all my boys, and, and I do, all my boys were just rolling up Yep. Yep. standing there they withheld they withheld the um, you know the old the old footy attitude you know go out there go out there for a hard 15 minutes you know do, yep. hit yeah. them hard for 15 minutes they held that yep. Yep. and you could see that they ended up getting uh, one of the players red carded because he got frustrated <laughs> he actually couldn't <laughs> that's unbelievable and they were, they were standing there and it's like yep and then they got to play their game and I think they actually won 2-1 yep. I, wow. I think it's like the fight club mentality like you know come in this guy's getting the shit beaten out of him and just laughing, taking his best Absolutely. shots. Yeah. Same thing. That's what you got? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If you if you can get... I'm a big believer in a game. This, this comes back to, to the rugby mentality from from uh, Mr. Adrian Bolton, who was my first grade rugby rugby coach at Yarra, at Yarra Valley. Um, if you can get in the mind of somebody, yeah. you know you got them. Yep, yeah, exactly. If, if all of a sudden, if, if I score a try on you or if I tackle you and you get up and you try and punch me, yeah. yeah. Why yeah. retaliate? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now you've, you've already won. I've, I've, I've already won and I'm now in your mind. Yeah. yeah. He showed me, this, this, this is pretty cool. He showed me a game back in the old Four, four Nations days. So, wow. Um, so England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. He was, uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Ireland versus Wales. Can't remember who did the deed, but this particular gentleman, I think it was an outside centre. Um, there was a bit of a tussle. Right. And he was pushing him, and I think it was the, the Irish... Yeah, no, no, the Welsh outside centre landed the biggest tongue kiss <laughs> on, the, on the Irish guy. And this, we're talking back in the 80s or something. I don't know when it was, but he showed me this video because he said about getting into people's minds. 
and how it works. Yep. And so this guy's just planted one. Just, yep. <laughs> and obviously, and I can't do Irish accents, but he's obviously like, you know, you dirty fucker. Right? <laughs> and, and like pointing to him. And hey, the guy was like, That's seriously, right. like an all game. So the minute this Welsh guy got the ball, the Irish guy would come off his line. Yep. Right. So he'd leave this gaping hole. Yep. The guy yep. would just take the tackle, dish it off. Straight through. through. Yep. And they just kept scoring try after try Jeez, after try. Must, must be hard to keep playing with a hard on. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to get his number. That's all he wanted. <laughs> well, if he had it turned the other way, he would have just at least, there would have been like a break there. That, would have been, that gaping hole wouldn't have been open. <laughs> well, you know, with the, the Welsh please. and the Irish playing, no matter what happens, they're both going to blame the English anyway. Exactly right. <laughs> so the hardest part was trying to fend off all the rest of the Irish trying to get a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the Blarney Stone came about. <laughs> but I like listening to uh, hearing Mike Tyson talk about the mind games he'd play when he'd walk to the ring. And oh. hear his, his whole... Uh, but it might have been on his, um, his the Tyson documentary where he stand I think up. he played mind games with himself sometimes yeah. too. Yeah, where he's talking about where he goes through there, he's like, he shows him walking out, he's like, I'm scared, I'm terrified, you know, I'm fighting this guy, he's supposed to beat me, he's supposed to dish me up, you know, I'm supposed to bash me on a planet, and I get closer, and then I relax, and then I get in, into the ring, and then I look him dead in his eyes, and I never take my eyes off him. And when he looks away, I know I've got him. Yeah. Yep. And he said, yeah. he said, it depends how long it takes them to look away. But he knows he just keeps their, gla- their gaze. And as soon as they look away, he's like, I've got him. Absolutely. He was a human Rottweiler, though. Like, yeah. he's, oh, uh, he's had some brilliant quotes. They were really intelligent things for a bloke who's not known for his mental went, acuity. Went to prison, not Princeton, as, yeah. the, as the saying goes. But things like, you know, they were talking about how he was going to get beaten by, uh, I can't remember who. Uh, I think it was Frank Bruno, actually. Yeah saying, you know, well, he can do this. He's got this plan. He's going to counter your um, cross-the-body uppercut combo. He's like, everybody's got a plan until they get hit. Absolutely. And I think that's true with pretty much every contact sport. Everyone's got a plan of what they're going to do. Exactly. Until they cop one. I remember, I remember reading George Foreman. George Foreman being interviewed about his his fight with with Ali, and yep. he was saying they were saying, "Oh, you know the stare down and stuff." And he goes, oh, "I wasn't really into stare downs. So I didn't really like it." He said, "But I knew Ali did." Yep. And he goes, "And how were you finding that?" He goes, "I was just hoping that he'd keep my gaze." And I go, "Why?" He goes, "I didn't want him to look down because my knees were knocking." <laughs> uh, and I'm like, "How good is that?" It's like I, yeah. I just wanted to keep his gaze because I didn't want him to look down because yeah. So, yeah, he's a great character. He oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. Every year he he's comes awesome. out with the same tweet. He's like. Hey, Muhammad, I'm still ready for that rematch. <laughs> he, he apparently, I don't know if this is actually true, but he apparently punched through a man's forearm, like as in broke <laughs> it, broke wow. it. I heard, I don't I would, know. I would if, believe I it. Some, some guys, so they've done the regular, yep. you know, two arms Oxford up style, over the, uh, yeah, right? And he has just gone bang and broke their forearm with wow. a punch or something. I, I would not surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not surprise me at all. Because I remember seeing... Uh, it would have been on that documentary where they show him hitting the heavy bag. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, my God. The whole God. room shakes. You look at yeah. that thing yeah. and you're just like, there's nothing that stands in the way of that. Like, Absolutely. you just can't do anything about it. And then you watch Ali just take all those shots to the body. Yeah. And you're like, man, your yeah. mind must be so strong yeah. to be able to take all that and go, I got it. I'm still going. No, no. Take all that. And then at the ninth round or something. <laughs> Is that all you got, got George? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got you he was right. That's all I had. So, <laughs> so Zenith Sports, you haven't called it Zenith yet. But it started in soccer. Yeah, and sorry. Then- yeah, so so basically, it just it started with the with, with this movement in soccer, and um, uh, we we just and it just worked. worked. It just worked, yeah. and, and yep. we did it. And we haven't done much soccer. We've done a little bit, but not much since. And then a friend of mine had a mate who was doing the refurb at the Western Bulldogs, right? And they were talking with I think the logistics manager about some stuff, and he rang and. 
uh, next thing you know, I've got a contact and they're, yep. they're like, oh, you know, do you think your stuff can could work down here? And I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, yeah. talk, to this, talk to this bloke. So he put me on to the logistics manager who said, look, yeah, send me out some stuff and, and we'll yep. do it. And then it, it's very serendipitous, for, for want of a better word, a great judo player by the name of Warren Rosser. Right. Um, it was up in Sydney and he was with the with the Sydney Swans for seven or eight years oh, okay. as their tackling coach in their heyday. So yep, yep. we're talking the 205, 206. 206, I played the grand final. So, um, and at that stage also too, the West, the West Coast Eagles had a gentleman by the name of uh, Stuart Cormack who happened to be a very good judoka right. who was, uh, he's a strength and conditioning guru. He was previously... Uh way back with Essendon and all that sort yep. of stuff. Yep. So, um, yeah, no. He, Stephen Dank, not rank. No, no definitely <laughs> no not. Rank. Um, yeah, just to, just to actually put that there, uh, I've known, like, you know, I was speaking with Stewie at the time. Stewie, Stewie's a very astute man and Stewie, it was very interesting how, because um, I'd, I'd sort of finished with the dogs yep. and I was talking with Stewie and he was still at Essendon and I wanted to go down and watch how they worked and see yep. what I was missing out on yep. in relation to it. And pretty much, you know, initially it was like, yep, absolutely, Mal, come down. And then all of a sudden it was sort of like... <laughs> Closed doors. He, he just turned around and he just said, no, nah, I don't think it's going to work. And then Stewie was gone. Okay. Really? So, yeah, Stewie, in my opinion, and I I'm, I have no... Uh, I can only base this on the man. Um, Stewie decided to leave... Very, okay. very early. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, so... Saw the writing on the wall. Abs- yeah. I, I would hope that he didn't see the writing on the wall at all because oh, I don't yeah. want to bring him into any disrepute because the yeah. man would not be into any disrepute. But um, yeah, so he... Um, yeah, so pretty much basically what happened there... So these guys had this... Uh, sorry, so Essendon... Uh, sorry, uh, Sydney and uh, West Coast both had, both had their... Um, judoka tackling Their coach. judoka ca- tackling guys doing doing certain things. Uh, Rodney Ebe was now the Western, Bulldog, Western yep. Bulldogs coach. Yep. Uh, apparently, the word was that this guy's gone, oh, I've got some judo guy. And apparently, it was like, get him. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank, th- thank you, Warren Rosser. <laughs> um, so, uh, I made a call to Warren. I said, mate, I'm tripping into this. Yep. Uh, yep. What can I do? And he just sort of said two things. And one thing he did say to me is, Mal, don't put your house on it. Yep. Right. Yep. Don't build, don't build, don't think these things that happen. They will train football for football. Yep. When when the when the shit hits the fan, yep. And yep. I went absolutely. Um, yeah, ended up over there. Leon Cameron was my was my handler. Oh, um, yeah. a great bloke. Had a lot of fun uh, initially. So my baptism of fire, two thousand and nine. I went down. It was about oh, about round five or six. Yep. Just to have a look at what yep. they were doing. Yep. Um, and then from there came back and did a session. Um, now, unbeknownst to me, and, and Mr. Chris Shen actually ah, infor- okay. informed me of this later on. Chris Shen was actually the tackling coach two years previous to me, ah, so okay. he was there. I believe this is correct. So, um, so I was there nine, ten. He would have been there. No, so eight, seven. He would. Have been, I think he was there six, five, maybe. Right. Yep. Um, anyway, so he informed me of this a little bit later. So here's my baptism of fire into any form of football tackling ever. I have a lineup in front of me. Current or the right, yeah, the reigning Brownlow medalist Adam Cooney, <laughs> uh, Jason Ackermanis. Um, oh, geez, this is terrible. Yeah, Boydie, Gian Syracuse, um, uh, Brad, Brad Johnson, Brad Johnson. Johnson. So I've got and, and extras all yeah. in front of me, right? <laughs> so I'm sort of standing there, and then they brought in sort of like 30 rookies, and these guys are now playing, and they ended up becoming some of my boys. So you're looking at Andres Everett, 
Um, oh, yeah. Was he there at that time? I'm not too sure, but he a few, few of the other guys. Yeah. Um, so they were sort of there. This was 09. Just, just did a, a quick sample. So walk in. I've got like a sheet prepared. I know exactly what I'm <laughs> yeah. doing, right? And I walk in and um, Willow turns around to me. He just goes, mate, you've got about 30 minutes. They'll be doing this and then that, right? And obviously they weren't getting their structures right. Da, yeah. da, da. 30 minutes turns into 20 minutes. 20 minutes turns into 15 minutes. 15 yep. minutes turns into, mate, you got you got about seven and a half minutes. Right. <laughs> Oh, shit. What, what am I going to take? How do I condense a 30-minute thing? Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, by the time you do the intro... Yeah. Yeah, right. So anyway, I'm like... So all of a sudden, I've had to tear it up and I'm on the fly for seven and a half minutes yep. in front of elite AFL yep. players, right? Yep. My background's in rugby. My background's in judo. Jason Akamanis is a state level... He played state rep. Rugby Union for Queensland. Oh, yeah. really? First and foremost. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yep, sure. Right. So he did that. Is now, a winger or something? Absolutely. I'm not too sure, but he played state rep rugby for, for Queensland. Now, he would have been exposed back then, I believe they were doing it. So up, uh, I believe John Donahue was up at Brisbane at the time oh, as well. Yeah. So he would have been exposed to John Donahue as well. Right. And so here's his little no name grappler called Bell Bangs from, yeah, <laughs> Gina. Yeah, right. Right. And he's just giving me, like, he's just. <laughs> laser in dream is in like yeah whatever mate get just get, come on mate like you know I know this alright and to the end where I'm just about to go right let's do it he's like yep yeah, let's go boys I'm like oh no like I'm like oh this isn't good so anyway they go through their stuff and they're just like you know thanks mate all that sort of stuff Brad Johnson was really kind really nice so was Cooney so was everyone else I'm not taking anything away from Acker I, I'm actually not but I, I sort of found out why a little bit later so then from there, did a little bit, stayed in touch with the club. The club stayed in touch with me. I then provided them with, I think it was a six to eight week program for their 2010 preseason, right. which was their third, first and third year rookies. Yep. Yep. So pretty much, so back then, and, and these were the guys, so Andres Everett, uh, Josh Hill, um, yep. Liam Jones, yep. um, yeah, a few, uh, uh, rough head. So yep. all those sort of yep. guys. So got to got I'm, to do all I'm that. I'm glad we got to somebody that's still at the club. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so got to got to do a little bit with those guys for for a while, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was a different entry. And in comparison to what I do now, yep. completely yep. different. Right. Absolutely. Completely <laughs> different. I, I showed them a little bit of stuff, and, and it was based at the judo club and all that sort of stuff. And um, but uh, you know, I, I showed them the the certain styles of technique and things like that. But what they were yep. what they were looking at was a little bit different to what's what's offered yeah. now, anyway. Yeah. So coming back to why perhaps Jason Akamanis didn't like me so much <laughs> was that I had actually replaced Jason Akamanis as the tackling coach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> even for that short period of time so whatever they did yeah so unbeknownst to me because I was having I was having uh, I was having uh, lunch with Christian one day like very early on when we first met and we were just sort of trading football stories and he turns around and he goes oh no because I finished there right I finished here at this time and he goes and now I was and he just like looked at me and he goes you do know that Jason Ackermanis is sort of doing the in-house tackling, don't you? And I went, no, no. And everything so, falls into place. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, but I, I, yeah. So pretty much, um, I, I spent a lot of time doing the, um, yeah. I, so I did their preseason. I was there for just a. I wasn't there for long. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the way most football. I think it's changing now where there are certain clubs where it's a lot more often, but yeah. generally like Daniel Kelly um, was with North Melbourne for a long, long time. I think yep. he lost a job 
to John Donahue because Daniel had to go to when he went to do Tough Enough. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, t- uh, when he went to go Ultimate, t- Fighter, Ultimate yeah. Fighter, when yeah. he went to go and do Ultimate Fighter, it was around about preseason yeah. last yeah. year's preseason. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, so then John Donahue got the job. But Daniel, Daniel's been there for years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and basically it's a six, six, seven, eight week gig. That's yep. it. And then you're out. So, 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 what sort of things were you, were you run through in, like, in regards to how will you uh, apply judo to AFL? So for, for me, um, I talk about just the movement, just the yep. body movement, understanding how you, where your postures are and, and, and where your strengths are yep. and where your weaknesses so are. I thought like, like um, stoppages would be the real key where you can use your body strength and things like that about how I'm trying to sort of uh, get away from taggers and things like that, especially um, positioning to block. So when the Ruckman's got their set patterns yep. they're running, you can block to, to let the Ruckman tap down to open space and have people run through and things like that. Definitely. Look, you get into that sort of stuff and you do do train for it. But honestly, yeah. when they when they employ you to be a tackle coach, they just want you to do tackling. That's yeah, right. it. They'll either... There's, there's sort of two ways of thinking about it. Um, you either put the, the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart. Yeah. It's one or the yeah. other. Um, if you really got all the time in the world, you get yeah. them on a mat and you grapple them. And yeah. you just get them... Because then all of a sudden, when you start to show the technique... Yep. Everything seems to go really well. Yeah. Whereas if I walk into a club and I've got three sessions, yep. yeah. I just do pure, I do a, like that much. Like sorry, yeah. people, uh, a, 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 tiny about, bit. a, a, a tiny very bit. small bit of centimeters. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention the shower. Anyway, um, sorry. sorry. And now you're back on Ackermanus, you bastard. <laughs> Yeah, mark that time we might need to remove that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so then from there um, whereas I'll do just a very small bit of grappling and it's yep. just designed to get them to it's actually designed to get them to uh, participate in the, the, the actual tackling drills yep. that we do yep. so it's amazing when you go to either a junior club or a development club or even some seniors clubs yeah. you mention the word tackling and you just see this shudder yeah. like yeah. oh my god w- w- what's going to happen yeah. So you sort of trick them into being a bit physical and then yep. we go into it. I do a lot of tackle. My, my, my rugby background is massive for it. Yep. And combining my rugby, my understanding of rugby and how that works yeah. and yeah, combining yeah. it with, with little tr- judo tricks yep. sort of really, um, it, it, it's very different from what I hear from people that have been exposed to either Melbourne Storm guys or and that sort of stuff. Some of the stuff that I I. I touch on completely different to yeah, some of the okay. other stuff. So I, I sort of come from a different different realm, but at the same time, I complement at yep. the same time. So. Yeah. But what you'd also teach with judo is how to take a tackle as well. You see so often, you see guys getting a regulation-style tackle and they stick an arm out or something and yeah. they end up tearing an elbow. The, the, the hard part about that is, and it's all about due diligence, you, you try and teach them, don't do this, don't do that. Mm. But when you've got... 30 minutes or an hour yeah. to get stuff through. Yeah. You sort of, it is. If, if I could have my way and, and if there's anyone out there that's doing junior footy or anything like that, get all your kids into judo, honestly, yeah. at the start. But, yep. that, but that's a hard part. So you think about it from anyone that cross trains. You're always going to cross train not to the detriment of your number one sport. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that's the biggest, that's yeah. the biggest hardest part. But so, in, in saying that, um, I think it's interesting the role of tackling coach at, at this present time because you've seen with the NFL when they've had their um, the concussions, um, their problem with concussions, and I know there's been some coaches in uh, might be in high school levels that actually employed rugby uh, coaches to teach them how to tackle rugby style because yep. you're not putting your head in first, you're Absolutely. putting like shoulder into your body. Oh, I've heard and, some, and yeah, they've had yeah. massive success not only in reducing head injuries. 
but having more effective the, the tackling. Technique. Absolutely. Yeah. And also the, providing spillages and things like that and getting abs- recovering fumbles. Absolutely. Look, the, the, thing, the thing that's really faced... There's, there's a contradiction in terms in football. So yep. whenever you go to footy and you just say, okay, what's the first thing you're taught to do when you're about to be tackled? And every person will pretty much put the ball over their head. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So arms are free. Now you go and tell a, <laughs> you go and tell a 10-year-old kid, grab an arm, pin yeah. an arm. The mm. first thing they're going to try and do is pin that arm that's over his head. Right. Yeah, natural reaction, I'll pull the ball down. Yeah. Yep. So then you smack me in the head. Yep. It's a high tackle. <laughs> right. free. So yeah. whereas, and, and without, and, and, we live in such a PC world, yeah, yep. uh, where violence uh, or in inverted commas aggressive sports that are contact can yep. be yeah. seen as detrimental. I come from the old school. I do. This this yep. guy Adrian Bolton that I speak of was mad. <laughs> um, he we used to. This is this is how we used to train. Um, one of the gentlemen on our team, Cameron, I think his name was. Um, sorry, Cameron. If you, <laughs> it wasn't, it was, it was. No, no, no. Oh, we, 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 um, his father owned a farm, I think, in Coldstream, and he would oh, okay. bring he would bring a, a hessian bag filled with with hay yep. that right. would weigh approximately eighty to one hundred kilo. Jesus, right? They would put that a ball underneath that. Right. And this is in the day where you could ruck your opponent. So you could, ruck, you could actually <laughs> ruck, 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 absolutely. So you not could, far off, absolutely. So you could. So and the idea was that when we so we'd come out of a scrum machine, we'd come out of a scrum machine around yeah. to a ruck machine, and we would have to have both bag and ball out. Pardon me, within approximately five seconds. Damn. Right. And we would work like there was no tomorrow. And we were taught hard how, hard how to tackle and all that sort of stuff. Yep. I come from the old school. This guy used to hold a stick. Right? <laughs> Actually, he could no, probably be... No good story he could, for that. He, he could probably be sued for this because I don't think all punishment was allowed. <laughs> we could be sued for half but, the shit we say on here. Uh, but it's, bol- it's bolts. I love bolts. Um, uh, and I was one of... We, we actually used to play to spite him. Right, he okay. was that yeah. coach. He was okay. that coach. Yeah. I love this guy to death, and a lot of a lot of my contemporaries. If if I might, um, if if any of my contemporaries that played with me in the eighty eight, eighty nine Yarra Valley squad that ever listened to this, they'll probably be sitting there just like Bolts was, prick and all that. <laughs> but I actually love him. I think he's he's he was a psychological genius. Yeah, but we did we played despite him, and he would hold a stick to so that you would go that low. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. If the stick yep. hit you on the head going in, it was bound to be hitting you on your ass as you went in as well. So, so that sort of he needed it low and he drive through and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so I, I right. do. I, I come from the old school. Yep. And yep. if you're going to play a physical sport, be prepared to get yeah. hurt in some way, shape, or form, or be yep. be prepared for it to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So think about it from this perspective, and, and I do see some coaches shudder when I teach this. It's a point where if 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 you why teach a kid how to pin an arm, yeah, right? Yeah. Which is part and parcel of footy, right? Yeah. First and foremost, when his arms are over his head and a good shoulder in his guts, yeah. which is mm. where it will naturally okay. happen. Yeah. As much as you teach kids, aim for the hips, aim for the hips, aim for the hips. Yeah. Yeah. They'll end up uh, in judo. We've we've sort of got this compens- uh, this this attitude of overcompensate to underachieve. Mm. Yeah. So train train to hit. You know, every uh, at training, you're trained to put your shoulder in their hip. Yeah. But game day, you're going to hit him maybe bread basket. Yeah. You yep. put your shoulder in the bread basket. They're not going to lift that ball up very much longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where the natural pin of the arm comes from. Right. And what's more, if I do put my shoulder in your bread basket, 
yeah. that ball will actually stay where it is yep. and, <laughs> and you moving, go backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking first quarter of the grand final last year, Jared Ruffin. Jared Ruffin's tackle, absolutely. Dan I teach yeah. that. I teach that style of tackling. And it is it's very rugby based, but yeah. then there's also stoppage style tackling, which is static style, a static yep. style, which is very judo based. Yeah, yeah. and little things like that. And um, I just want to see a Tominagi at a stoppage this weekend. <laughs> That'd be yeah. fantastic. Well, I'd like to see someone like grabbing grips and then going for a proper legit judo throw instead of just push. If shove, you have a look, if you, honestly, go and have a look at some of the melees now, and a lot of them do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them do. They'll they'll be Sion, they'll they'll be like Sienagis or Morata Sienagis yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. There'll be guys like doing his agaruma, so they'll just pull down and put a leg out and yeah. try and yeah. flick them over. Absolutely, it's there. It's prevalent. Yeah. But it, but it is it, it is that thing where any coach, any coach that is coaching from an outside of sport, so you're bringing a sport into a sport. Yeah. All you want is time, but you can never get yeah. it. Yeah. There's yeah. a thousand different things that you could possibly yeah. do. But yeah, no, and and coming back to the 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 um, the attitude in relation to protecting the head and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you trying to I always try and teach you guys. You know, Joel Selwood for mine is yep. arguably one of the most courageous players out there. But yep. I honestly believe that he'll end up in a wheelchair. He will, yeah. and I yeah. I fear for what he does. And and in some ways, and in being in the development league, and I've got to really watch my words here. Yeah. Um, being in the development area, people look up to him for what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. people mimic him for what he does. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, you get kids that are leading with their head yeah. the way they do. That's not a good thing. Yeah. All Joel Selwood has to do, in in my opinion, is, lead, is turn to the side a little bit, just the slightest yep. bit, and lead with his shoulder. Yep. And his head's protected. Yep. yep. Right? Yeah. And and he probably won't cop as many concussions or what have you as, as, yeah. his pop, as he as he gets you have a look at him you have a look at his face after every game <laughs> yeah have a look. in the first quarter absolutely and and you know I'm not taking anything away from him it's yeah. his style of play yep. and, and, and good luck yeah, to it him works. But, but it's a matter but, of health for everyone coming through the uh, ranks as well absolutely but I think the, the one thing that when you teach and we were always taught this from a rugby perspective because you can't knock the ball on yeah if you step over the ball so your foot's in front of the ball as you pick it up yep now the minute I do that, technically by rights, if I turn my if I turn my my foot parallel to the ball, yep. that actually makes me come in shoulder shoulder yeah. first, yeah. which protects me from the oncoming vehicles that yeah. are about yeah. to smash through me. And some of those vehicles are natural, so it's easier to flick off a pass too. Absolutely, and what that can come down to is that's the way it needs to be taught at the junior level. Is that lead with your shoulder? Yeah. To you, you, you can still look. Yeah. You yeah. can still look yeah. and see with your head, but your yeah. shoulder you, should you take the nice impact. Because it's almost like that boxing stance where you tuck your chin in yeah. so that if you get hit, you're protected. Absolutely. You're not going to have lots of travel time. Where the same as your shoulder, you got tucked in, you're coming in. And, it's, and sorry, and the worst part about it too is you watch kids, they'll lead with their head and then right at the point of impact, they'll actually lower it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then that basically what they're doing now is, is basically they're just putting their spine in a nice, nice perfect yeah. straight for, for someone to Which go bang impacts. into. And and that's not a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's a price to pay eventually. I found like the rule, especially with Joel Selwood, it seems like uh, it's sort of the rules have facilitated someone that courageous to put their head over the ball and get rewarded for it like that and taking those clips. And, and like we found with the concussion case coming out of the NFL, where I don't know if you, you've read much about it, but they've actually got like a a bank where they'll store, bank. a brain bank where they'll store yeah. dead people's yes. brains. And they've noticed that it's not so much the concussions you get that knock you out. It's these little knocks that you'll take they'll build up and build black spots on the brain. Absolutely. And so I think the the it's always to look at like Joel Selwood and say that's courageous, but 
the the true change has come from the base level and teaching kids the right way at a very young age and saying, look, these guys do it this way, but you're young and you've got to protect yourself. And and having that sort of um, approach towards safety as well as, as, you know, being able to emulate your heroes and things like that. That being said, and and just, you know, obviously I am watching what I'm saying and I'm uh, I'm not denying it. Joel Selwood isn't the only person that does no, it. It's just the fact where exactly. he is synonymous with it and he has created, and, he, and quite rightly so, he's created an effective way mm. to get a free kick. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also, too, when he doesn't get the free kick, he just gets in there because he is getting low and, and, and things do work. Yeah. There's multiple ways that you can milk a free. Yeah. I've taught it. It's a free I kick, but it's not a free Thomas. kick. No, no, he, he's knee-high to a grass. It's, it's a free kick, it. but there's nothing cheap about it. He's putting his head there and getting yeah. messed up Absolutely. for every one of those free Absolutely. kicks. There'll be a price to pay one day Absolutely. for it. Exactly. If, 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 honestly, if I was going to write an article on it, yep. and if if they wanted to actually, um, for want of a better word, if they wanted to actually decrease the injury rate at tackling or, yep. or, or decrease a generalised injury rate in the AFL, in yep. my opinion... Uh, forward motion, so pushing the back style yep. needs to be banned or needs to be needs uh, when tackling, pushing the back needs to be negated. Right. Yep. yep. Because, so that you're not having that force. Absolutely. Yep. So basically, from there, I should be able to tackle an opponent yep. forward with forward momentum yep. from the back. Yep. Okay. Only as a tackle, because you would then stop. Um, AC joint issues because of the the, the old school in inverted ah, commas sling tackles because yep. you have to stop the person and then you're spiking them yeah, on their yeah, on their yep, shoulders. Yep. So there goes your sling tackle position. Yep. Okay, spear tackle as so well. Spear tackle's gone. Yeah. Then from there also too, you're going to end up decreasing knee injuries because yeah. basically a lot the, of the, the guys be, the, yeah. the old knee drop yep. Yep. from behind mm. to drag the person down. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. because if you actually have a look at it, just go, I, I challenge anyone to go and watch a game where someone is tackled from behind. Yep. And they and, and this is the this is the, the the current I believe it's the current and I should know um, the the current thing is that if you have forward mo- momentum going forward, yep. it is a push in the back. That is that is the current. Go order. and find me a a player who is not moving forward. Yep. Right. That that gets tackled. That does not continue to move, move forward, forward yeah, in any exactly. way, shape, or form. Whether the person is standing at their side, yep. whether yeah. the person does it with that perspective yeah, exactly well, you see sometimes they actually dive forward and it's kind yeah, of embarrassing absolutely. when the guy misses the tackle and you see them dive yeah, forward rugby try style we've, we've I've legitimately seen it and I've worked with it where guys have come to me afterwards and they've sort of said look as soon as I put my hands on him and his face was in the ground he's just like dropped yeah yeah Yep. And we're just calling it the drop now. So it's that point where you teach them a little rollover instead. So as ah. they go, if I tuck under, but but these are the things where you don't get, you, you got to have the time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you try you try and teach a kid that's never really done a forward roll yeah. to trust you to tuck your head under the guts of another bloke yep. and get his momentum and flick him over. Yeah. And they like look at you like you're insane. Yeah. Like, what are you, you know? <laughs> like I'll just push him in the back. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you find yourself s- screaming at the television sometimes? Like when you see some of the boys you've taught play uh, and you're going, what the fuck are you doing? I, I didn't taught teach you how to you do that. this one. I <laughs> know. Oh, always when the good ones are there. I, I haven't... Yeah. I, I, like, I, I, I coached him like five years ago, but that's fine. Was Brian Lake at the Dogs when you were there? Yes, he was. So, I, he was injured at the time. So, so he his, was, he his, was uh, thankfully... So but, he was well, scared. No. no. <laughs> so were you yelling at the screen when he was choking Petrie, going, that's all about fucking taught you to no, do No, 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 no. Now, now, from a grappler's perspective... <laughs> horrible choke. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, was not... Terrible. On, the, the, if you watch... If you watch, and I, 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 and 
the name of the actual choke he was looking for escapes me from from a judo perspective. But if you watch, he had the wrong side of the. So basically, what he was looking to do was actually use Drew's jumper against him. Yeah. But he had the wrong yeah. side of the jumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm just like sitting there, just going. I'm just like, and people are like looking, and there was all that, oh, and I'm like, um. Is it a funny like anybody with grappling? It was the worst. Absolutely, it was the you know the worst event that had ever happened in the AFL to everyone else, and we're looking at going. That's pretty pissed. Everyone else was a missed armbar. Petrie, get your legs in there. Absolutely, (laughs) but that's why I think grip fighting would be really good for like um, breaking tags and the clearances around stoppages and that. Where especially like Gary Ablett and people coaching that who just get manhandled at the stoppages. If you learn how to properly control wrists and yep. grips and break grips, yep. it'd have to be really advantageous to, De- to move around. Definitely. And what it comes down to, again, it comes down to time, 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 yep. time and yep. time. And that's the thing where, you know, you, you, you might come back. So, so say, for example, I might turn up to Calder next week yep. and they'll turn around and they go, this happened. Can you yep. deal with this? Or, right. you know, yep. they need this. Or we weren't sticking these tackles or yep. what have you. Can we deal with that tonight? Yep. And it's like, okay, done. Whereas I might have come in wanting to do something completely different. Right. And it's that that sort of thing where you've, you've got to do it by the fly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it is. It's it's real. When you've got all the time in the world. Yeah. And it's that thing too, when you when you think about it from a from a jiu-jitsu perspective or a judo perspective, when you're shown one thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't... Imagine us all becoming... Like Dan grades, and it's like, well, this week we learnt Ogoshi. Yeah. Next week we learn Osoto. Are we doing this again? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. all right, yeah. okay. And then you, you can't expect them to go out and play and put it in that yeah. that yeah. concept yeah. or yeah. that perspective. So, yeah. yeah. I think some of it too, like, it's a, a disrespect for the skill. Because if you went to, well, let's reverse it. Say you went to a judo club and said, I'm going to teach you to do a torpedo punt. I'll show you how, how to hold the ball. I'll show you how to kick. And then I leave. Yep. You're not going to be kicking 80 minute torpedoes. I mean, <laughs> No one's going to ask me to teach anyone how to do a torpedo. No one's going to ask me how to kick. No one's going to ask me how to kick either. Trust me. Trust me. So you, you work with the Bulldogs. You've done. Um, you know, I've seen you with the EFL. You've yep. done the um, the TAC. Yeah, you absolutely. worked with a couple of teams with the TAC. Absolutely. You said Calder. So, yeah. So so I finished so pretty much on the on the um, uh, 2009. Uh, sorry, 2010. Finished up with um, Western Bulldogs. What happened there was apparently Brett Montgomery. Came yep. back from Port Adelaide or Port, Adelaide. He was, yeah, played for Port. And he'd, he'd also played for Western Bulldogs, I believe. Yep. And he was quite good, apparently. And they brought him as an in-house. So he became, yep. he became the, sorry, Brett, the new Ackermanist. No, <laughs> but he was a part of the coaching staff. Yep. Um, so they kept that in-house. I just put some words out. Um, got in contact with Shane Sexton from uh, the Western Jets and, yep. and started there. Shane was fantastic. And again, a very good good mentor in relation to how football works yep. and you know don't you know don't hit your star too high son do this do that so it was like yep no worries uh, I was there for two years um, very lean period back then yep. um, they were they were having a, a few you know we didn't have super skilled sort of teams and out of that I had my two first ever draftees yep. like, and, and this is the thing when, when you when you retire from sport you live vicariously through those absolutely um, that's so why I, I have kids yep <laughs> so so um and and leon cameron actually sort of coined it for me when you know i remember the first day where i met him all and he said these are your boys yep and i still think of them that way yeah of course you to do. be honest like whether or not it'd be interesting whether or not half of them would remember me <laughs> um i'm, I'm sorry like, if you're walking still- into a football club and they say here's sensei bangs they're going to remember that. Oh, no. No, no one calls me Sensei Bang. I hate Sensei Bang. Oh, are you kidding me? No. I'd no. make my grocer call me Sensei Bangs. <laughs> I, I just came from it because my my, my coach, Arthur, it was yep. Arthur. 
Yeah, Arthur. We see, we're and, and he was embar- and he was he was embarrassed to be called Sensei, and and I, I have people, and they, they do it out of the utmost respect. They call me Sensei Malcolm or Sensei Bangs, and it's like, please no, just, yeah, just, just Malcolm. Yeah. It's all good, <laughs> you know. Um, and that's not to say that people that demand to be called Sensei, not, yeah, everyone's got their own style. Absolutely, that's fine. Absolutely, but so, but yeah, coming back to that. So started at Western Jets. Uh, was there for a couple of years. Had my my two, my first two ever uh, one draftee and one um, national, um, yeah. So one draft and one rookie yep. draft, um, which was uh, Will Hoskin Elliott, yeah, to yeah, Greater yeah. Western Sydney, and um, also Adam Kennedy. Okay, yep. So um, yeah, smooth as they call it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so those those are my two first two, and. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. From there, thank you. Um, from there, um, so yeah, two years there. Then the, basically, it was quite interesting. I don't know if you heard this this morning. There's the the players. The PA, the AFLPA, talking about equalisation. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So anyway, I heard Eddie Maguire on his <laughs> usual. on his usual, and I got to admit, I didn't sort of agree with him. And then I remember, and then I heard one thing, and and he's one hundred percent correct about it. The AFL actually really do need to actually, and they, they say they're doing it, but then I don't know whether they are or they aren't. But I, I'm a, I was a victim of it, for want of a better okay. word, yep. uh, funding down yep. or, uh, or right. not funding enough yep. so after their last because so, they're now currently bidding for the next set of rights yeah. because that's yeah. coming up now I was at the Western Jets when those rights when, when the last the rights last came collective through bargaining. yeah, when, yeah. When, that, when the last bargaining so, sorry right. are the we talking broadcast, broadcast rights, rights or yeah. collective bargaining sorry the, the, the last broadcast, broadcast rights came rights, in yeah. now that was a that was a record broadcast rights yeah. for, for right so now the TAC Cup has been and is now 60 plus percent of AFL players Draftees. are drafted yeah. 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 from 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 that. Yeah. So here is here is me at the um, 2011 dinner at Western Jet at, at the Western Jets handshake. Look, and oh, I love this old school stuff. Handshake yeah. deal. Yeah. Over the you know Shane Sexton. See you next you know see you next year. Blah blah blah. This yep. surprise. Yep. Done. Handshake deal. Not a problem. Yep. Nice. There's this huge thing about oh you know it's a billion dollar this yep. and billions of dollars that right yep. and I get a phone call from Shane Sexton. Four weeks later, Malcolm, this is a phone call I don't want to have to have with you. Yeah, and I'm right. like, what? Budget's cut. And he just turned around to me and he just goes, mate, I can't afford you this year. And he just said, you, you're not the first to get the call and you won't be the last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and generally, from a ta- from, it's always the, it's always the part time coaches. It's always the, the specialized yeah, yeah, coaches yeah. were the first to go. Yeah. Um, and I was devastated. No, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And anyway, he couldn't get into it because he had to sack everybody yeah. and go and do what he did. Yeah. Uh, I put out an SOS call to the Eastern Rangers because yep. uh, yep. I lived around the corner. Yep. Um, and a uh, wonderful man by the name of Anthony Parkin took my call, sort of alluded to the fact of, oh, you're the guy, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is pretty cool. I don't know whether he's just being nice, but um, he just said, oh, look, you know, da-da-da, look. And he explained it to me. And he just goes, I've just come from that meeting. Oh, and he really? explained to me and he said, we've got no money. Yeah. Right yep. now, now I think two weeks beforehand, AFL had just signed a billion dollar deal or whatever it was for for all their broadcasting rights. Yeah. Their budgets weren't cut, so to speak. Basically, what happened was, here's your budget. 
fantastic. Now, the AFL used to buy their away jerseys or something like that. Uh, uh, okay. All okay. of a sudden, no. The club has to buy their away jerseys. This has to happen. You have uh, to pay for dartfish. You have to pay for this. You have to pay for that. Yeah. And so they were all of a sudden, they're like, well, hang on a second. Technically, you know. Yeah. So, so all of a sudden, people like myself couldn't be employed. Yeah. Parco, um, being a great bloke, immediately turned around and said, ring Mark Smart at the Oakley Chargers. He might also be interested in this. Yep. I'll get yep. back to you. We'll find some money. So he found some money, uh, Smarty found some money, um, yep. and they ended up utilizing me. Uh, I was with Eastern predominantly in 2012 and yep. just for a couple of times in 2013, which yep. was their premiership year. Um, I was with Oakley Chargers in 2012, 2013, 2014. 2012 and 2014 were their premiership years. Yep. Wow. Um, and Calder Cannons I've been with, uh, so 2013, 2014, 2015, and they made last year's grand final. I was going to say, yeah, they run us up. Yeah. yeah. Hard day. Hard yeah. day. I was sitting dead <laughs> middle. Imagine. Sitting dead middle. But, and it was. it was. For me, it was just sitting there just going, great tackle. Damn, you're making a break. Yep. Yeah. And it was. I sat. I actually have a photo of the, the, the game where I sat. I found... Between the two, between the two boxes, yep. there is one seat, <laughs> and it is dead middle. It is Brilliant. dead middle, right between it. I wore none of the gear. I wore none yep. of each other's yep. gear. I uh, managed to get into both club rooms. Like, was able to get into both club yep. rooms, talk to you know, see the boys and all that sort of stuff, both after end. And you know, it was really a very debilitating day. Like, yeah. I really wanted to. I remember celebrating twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. It was like jumping up and down and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I watched these guys that and Oakley I'd been with for a long time I, that was my third year yeah you know a lot of these guys are developing quite well um, and then yeah just watching the the, the desolation the, yeah. The, yeah. the upset on the Calder boys so I sort of spent a lot of time with the Calder boys more than anything else yeah. um, and then just rolled into Oakley and said hi and <laughs> jump back out but yeah so yeah and then since then sort of tripped onto some uh had had the opportunity to work with the Casey Scorpions last year yep, yep. Uh, Box Hill Hawks this year um, okay. well, look, look, look after them. They, um, they didn't yeah. they win a premiership too? <laughs> well, so, that runner up last year. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so many managed a chance to, to just do a couple of little things with them. And again, it's just a couple of gigs. Yeah. yeah. And then you just see, and you might get a phone call in the month or something, or I'll ring them and say, how's it all going? And they, they'll say, oh, look, you know, yeah, can yeah. you come back you, down? It's But it comes down to budget. But, but and obviously, like the utility for that sort of training is there. Like people see the value in it. It's just a matter of having uh, comprehensive funding for these sorts of teams where they can afford to specialize in those areas full time. Absolutely. And I think it's also about how far do you push the athlete also. Because yep. yep. that's the thing. When you, when you look at it, Brian Taylor, I mean, many years ago, because he was a kicking coach. Yep. You know, the old sports science guys, they were telling guys, you know, you can't kick more than this, you can't kick more than yeah, that. You yeah, know, per- well, that's yeah. what it's about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I, we come from, in, 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 in judo, there's a European circuit. Yeah. So pretty much, you know, there were times where if you flew overseas or what have you, you'd fight one weekend. Yep. You'd get up after commiserating or yeah. doing whatever. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and there'd be like some god of judo doing a doing a demonstration or a you know thing. And, yeah. and then that was a way to go and pay back the bastard. That <laughs> Things like that sort of stuff. Um, but then you'd go and watch a demonstration. You'd be as sore as bugger. You'd probably be hung over too, whatever yeah. it might be. But, you know, because you just, oh, <coughs> damn it, I lost or whatever. Um, and then, you know, those people would then probably get ready for, you know, a fight maybe a, a week later or two weeks later. Yeah. Yep. These guys are, I think, um, I don't know, um, his name escapes me. He's the current uh, guy at Port Adelaide, the um, strength and conditioning coach. The sports yeah. science guy. Um, yeah, he's, um, it'll come to me. 
I can't remember, but he, he's a new guru. He, 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 he apparently took a lot of these guys to task, got them into it. It'll come to me as soon as you say it. Yeah. Um, I only remember this because I know that they were chasing Dean Solomon as their defensive coach. don't think everyone knows that. Well, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he, he, um, he was out at Aston Villa, or, or, or yeah. I think Aston ah, Villa. Okay. Or, no, I, I don't know. But he was he was doing EPL yep. and all that sort of stuff. And he, re, you know, here's teams that are playing 300, 300 games a year. Darren yeah. Burgess you know, <laughs> getting paid three hundred million. Darren Burgess. <laughs> Darren Burgess. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so I beat the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that feeling. <laughs> so with with that. He came back and he really took him to task, and he seems to be taking away a little bit more, a little way. Seems to, and I, it's only from an outside's perspective and, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. sort of hearing it. He seems to be taking a little bit of cotton wool away from the players. Yeah, oh, nice. And, yeah. and you know, I'd heard rumours that there were some really high-level, well-respected players um, complaining that oh, we've done this already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, now, from a martial arts perspective, yeah. You know, you try and tell a kid, hey, I used to do like three hundred uchikomi, you yeah, know, exactly. or a hundred uchikomi here and there, and it's like, yeah, well, you did that how many times? That's really boring. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah but, mm, hey, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Do you enjoy kicking a footy? Yeah. yeah. Well, if I told you now that you had to kick the footy a thousand times, exactly, they'll go, oh man. But, They'll probably kick a footy 120 times. But yep. the thing is, like, what I've noticed, especially um, when I worked in casinos, I used to work at, at Crown, I was a high-roll dealer. So you get to meet lots of, like, famous people, any athletes, any... How, how long were you a high-roll dealer for? Seven years. We've got some stories. We've played some podcasts. <laughs> you, you might know Hernan. Hernan? Hernan. First name or last name? La, a first name. I don't know his last name. He's a, my brother-in-law's best mate. He was a high-roll dealer up there. It was part-time. He owned a I definitely know him. as well. If, if he was and, a high-roll mahogany, I'd definitely he's know him. A very... I don't know if he'd finished by then. He might have finished by then. Yeah. But yeah, no, he had some serious stories too. I started in 2007, so... Yeah, no, probably not then. Probably not. Yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. Because <laughs> okay. um, I, I was waiting for him to go, Hernan! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is, is that you generally don't know people um, by last names or whatever. No. It's whatever they get put on their name badge. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's the only way you know he people. He probably just would have put George just or to just <laughs> Old mate or whatever or, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, no, I forgot where I was going with that. So, you know, you're, you're saying when you do something a, a, a lot of times in that repetition and oh, that, as a casino that, dealer, that, you meet a lot of level, athletes. Yeah, you meet lots of athletes and... What I know is the difference between those ones who are the best, like the best athletes, and I'm talking yeah. like the world class. Deb met all the like Roger Federer, the best tennis players, dealt to them all. They've got that single minded determination where boring isn't uh, a thought comes to the head. Is yeah. it do they want to win? Yeah. Yes. This is what will, I mean. Will this help them win? Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's they, the they only question comes into it. Yeah. Fair call. And, and the thing is, that mentality works really good um, in achieving what you want to achieve on your given field, whether it be sports or whatever else. But generally, it makes you a real big cunt to deal with <laughs> in general society. So, because you're just like real short-tempered, real, if it's not my way, then just fucking don't waste my time. Absolutely. And so they're really hard to deal with. But that skill is just so, um, it seems inherent in being the best. And you look at Ronda Rousey, where it's just single-minded determination. And you look at her going into a fight. And look at the other fighter, and you know straight away they're not on the same level. No, you can see that that dedication, that determination, just that single, that single-minded single mania. mania. Yeah, and I, I think about Michael Jordan, where obviously the best athlete, arguably of our generation, or the most known, but from all accounts, he's a real uh, fucking uh, asshole. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, like yeah, wow. oh, real, absolutely. Like, um, they always said that um, he had a fist fight with Steve Kerr yeah, at training yeah. once because he didn't think he was putting in enough. 
Yeah, uh, I was saying he's going to bash up Luke Longley because he didn't catch his pass. Yep. He goes, <laughs> you drop that pass next time, we're fucking fighting them in the, in the wow. car park. And he goes, you never questioned it. You knew if you yeah, catch a pass, absolutely. he would fight you. Wow. <laughs> and and it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty a, a, big, a big man who'll pick a fight with a seven-foot-two bloke. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, but at the same time, yeah. hey, how many punches do you reckon Luke Longley's going to throw at the, at <laughs> yeah. the bloke who's yeah. getting... He's got the statue out <laughs> the front. putting yeah. rings on his fingers. No, no, no. <laughs> who walks out there with his mind as he goes... Beaver style, yeah. boys. Yeah, Beaver exactly. style. Yeah. You go. You go. But I come back, I think about like Jason Akamanis, where he was equally as good on his right foot as his left foot. Yep. He didn't kick all those times on his left foot because he liked it. Yep. He yeah. kicked because he knows this is going to make me a better Absolutely. player. Yep. And you put in that time and you just do it. Not because it's boring, because you know your end goal, this is going to get you there. Absolutely. It still, still drives me nuts when I see an AFL player wheel around to the other foot. You can't kick on the yeah. opposite. Yeah. I don't. But we're going to see that. We're going to see that. And this is the unfortunate part about sport to a point now where we're identifying athlete. Yeah. We're identifying athlete, athletic potential and then teaching the game around. Yeah, it. See, exactly. and that's where I think it, it yeah. goes in spurts. Because we had, you know, when Kudafides came along, he was the, the, the new prototype. Yeah. We're going to get yeah. an athlete, teach him footy. Yeah. And then it's still great, though. There's still room for a Stuart Jew. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Or Gary Ablett. leg attached to a bloke. You look yeah. at Gary Ablett walking down the street, there's no way you'd think elite sports star. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a bloke. Yeah, maybe he works out a bit. But, Absolutely. you know, you wouldn't peg him as just absolute domination on an AFL field. <laughs> So, um, and I think um, getting back to the, the, the tackling, yeah. it's one thing that I've noticed this year, especially how good it is yeah. and how yeah. hot they've been on holding yeah. the ball. It's just been, yeah. it's made it so much better. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's becoming a stoppage play game now. Yep. Yeah, so it's, exactly. it's that thing. It's all about stoppages. That being said, I, I think I was, it was the first, yeah, it was, was it, it was Richmond Carlton that opened. The, opened yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were there. We were there. Um, the first quarter, but maybe about the first couple of minutes, yeah. I spent this game's going to be boring because it was just yeah. stoppage, stoppage, yeah. stoppage, stoppage, stoppage. Yeah. And it was like, oh, come on, get the flea flea. And I just started thinking, oh my God, I'm helping ruin the game. Game <laughs> 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 um, you love. Uh, and it was, I was like sitting there just going, oh no, don't be like this. Could you imagine, Floyd, could you imagine, could you imagine 100 minutes of that? You're yeah, like, it's like teaching hey. Floyd Mayweather defense. But it, <laughs> like, shit, I ruined boxing. <laughs> it's it's just so true, I think, and and that's the mentality now. It is about the stoppage. If they have the ball, if they actually have the ball, create a stoppage to at least get a 50-50 back. Yep. Yeah. Now, if they've got prior yep. opportunity, then you're going to get the ball back yep. anyway. Exactly. But yeah. and that, and that's that's where the mentality is now, and it is real stoppage play stuff. And and I've had to adjust the way that I teach the the tackling stuff yep. in relation to well, if it's a stoppage and right. they get the ball. We create another stoppage yeah, really quick. Yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. muck around and just get get it in. So yeah. that's the mentality that I try and pass on to to my right. guys in relation to the tackling as well. So, yeah. um, and and again, I'm that big believer of, and it is. It's old. It's it's cliched as hell. And you know, go out for the first fifteen minutes, hit them real hard. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that because if you go out mm-hmm. and instill dominance yeah. and physical, not fear, mm. but if you intimidate the presence. To, to steal a phrase from one of our friends, impose your will. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> quote, yeah. Thanks, quote. Absolutely. If you go out there and do that to a team yeah. and then that team is now all of a sudden looking over their shoulder mm. as to where yeah. you're going to be when you touch an, when you touch a ball or something like that. Yep. You can then go and play your game, yep. and yeah. then what's more is that as long as you still have that in, in as as the the of in inverted commas the offensive team, if you still have that sitting on the on the boil, yep. yeah, 
so that when they try and go, oh, okay, well, now they're playing the game, we'll try it, and you go bang again. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to yep. take you less time to get in their brain again. See, exactly. that makes sense because um, it's not just the once, you've got to do it again. Absolutely. Which yeah. is exactly why Double Luke tap. Hodge and Jared and <laughs> Jordan Lewis, like, so you, you support that. that it, was, it was good teamwork, wasn't it? As a, as a passionate North Melbourne man. Three weeks. <laughs> Three a week. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? I know. A, yeah. a, a forearm, a forearm slashed elbow to the yeah. jaw. Jeez. I'm like, it was lucky. They punished him, didn't they? Should absolutely. have been one at the most. Nah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it looked like Lewis was trying to create like just a clear plane okay. across that okay. dude's shoulders. I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna hurt myself with this one, but I think it's true. If it was Lindsay Thomas, he hit. Oh, he probably, oh, probably got no no weeks because yeah. Lindsay dives too much, <laughs> Lindsay. But yeah, no, like three weeks. I honestly thought he'd go for five. Yeah, if, if Jack Zebel did, he would have got twenty. But Jack Zebel would have. The hardest yeah. part was being in the tribunal the same week as um, May from Gold Coast. Yeah, who got three weeks, and like I'm like you, I'm old school. Yeah. For me, that was play on. Yeah, and I can understand why you're a free kick. But give that dude three weeks for that. Why did he challenge it though? I mean, because you know you've gone the bump and you've you've nicked his chin. You know yeah. it's weeks, but. Common sense has to play a role. You know what I mean? You can't just say, this is Says Richard, who? and nah, that's what the rules say, so that's what has to be. I think <laughs> it should be like um, like in the court of law, if there's a slander thing, truth is an absolute defense. I think if you can prove your only goal was the ball, that should be an absolute defense. But we're kind of getting a bit off the off the beaten There's part, no right? off topic yeah. on these podcasts. No, no such we're in the thing. weeds. Well, the, uh, biggest problem, the biggest problem with the bump, and, yep. and I, since since I started with this, the bump's been dead. It's been yeah. alive. It's been dead. It's yeah, been alive. Yeah, yeah. Right? Buddy almost killed it single handedly. His yeah. bumps were shocking. Yeah. Right? And nine times out of ten, it's all down to it's all down to the actual technique. Of course, yeah. it is. and I don't think people teach technique to bump. No. I do. I do. If asked, I'll show how to do it properly. And yep. and and it's safe as houses. Yep. Yep. And it's arguably and and I shouldn't say this, but I, in my opinion, I think it's to a point. If you are um, a bit iffy on doing a tackle. Yeah. If you can bump, I agree. Yeah, the bump, the bump, sort of, the bump, sort of the the kid that's not so confident to tackle, but I'm going to take yeah. you off the ball anyway. Yeah. And you can use that really, really well. And it's getting the technique correct. Yeah. And one it. thing that footy players don't seem to be able to do, and and watch. Yeah. Put a football, put a football down on the ground, just in front of a football, and ask him to pick it up. Yeah. He will not bend his knees. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're always taught you bend knees and you leave with your hips. Yeah. Put your hips over the ball and pick it up. Absolutely. So you, anyone yeah. comes to hit you, it's a hip and shoulder. Your hip yeah. comes first and then your shoulder Absolutely. comes through. But yeah. but from that perspective, what I'm saying is that most guys, as much as they're taught to do it, bend at the waist. They yeah. want they always just oh yeah, just pick the ball up and it's just like Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're like, bend bend your knees. Yeah. Bend your knees. I think the reason we were taught to do that is because we're playing country league football in Brooklyn <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> against men yeah. who are pretty keen to lay yeah. you out. Out. And we were always yeah. taught like the, the cross from like trachea the down to your stomach yeah, yeah, and across your shoulders. Yep. You aim within that, that little mark there. Oh. And we and go the... hip, shoulder. So you get your hip there, yep. shoulder goes there. Yep. And that was the old shirt front technique. That's what, That's what, I, used what we were to, taught. I used to love watching a Byron Pickett play until he went to Port Adelaide. Then I hated it. But um, his ability to intimidate with a bump. The bump yeah, as yeah, an offensive no. weapon. He was hard. You'd hear <laughs> footsteps coming and players are going, fuck that, I'm Absolutely. kicking this shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the point where, and that's the one thing you've got to remember from the bump perspective. It was called a hip and shoulder. Yeah. It is known as a hip and shoulder. But when you look back, look back at Buddy, it was just hip. It was, sorry, it was just shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. There was no hip. And that's half the battle. And if you can instill that into a kid, well, hang on, it's a hip and shoulder. If yeah. I if my hit hit if my hip hits their hip around that time, it will always keep you low. Yep. So yeah. therefore yep. you're going exactly. to be away from the head. Yeah. So well, it's yeah. the same as 
it's the same sort of movement as we have with um, Anyone like a double leg takedown kind of thing. You've got to have your body vertical because if you're horizontal, you're going to get guillotined. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm just going to say that anyone anyone listening to that advice, um, yeah, the, the check to the mail is in a sports service. <laughs> <laughs> Links on the website. Absolutely. Um, we're going through the, the teams you've worked with. You've also touched on with the uh, the women's teams as yeah, well, with the yeah. Bulldogs. A long, long time ago, uh, just, just a quick dabble in, uh, was with the East Burwood Devils, they were, the the female team a while back, and, and yep. did a little bit with uh, Scoresby women's as well, and it sort of dried up. Um, a friend of mine uh, is just a great bloke. He's he's one of the coaches out at Calder. I've become yep. you know he's yep. become pretty cool. And he was actually asked to be their director of coaching out at the Melbourne University women's football oh, okay. team. So the Muggers, nice. yep, the wonderful Muggers. And I've actually heard of them? Absolutely, the great yeah. team. And um, they um, yeah brought me over last year to do some sessions. Yep. Brought me back again this year and actually had to do a fundraiser and all that sort of stuff. Yep. They were that excited. Yep. They Brilliant. were like, like nice. look, yeah. seriously, we need to get you over. Can we do this? Can we do that? Which is really great. They've been fantastic supporters. They, they're they one of the first groups to tweet things, put things up, <laughs> mention me, It's or mention the company, mention me and all that sort of stuff, which is really good. We'll be the second now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. But yeah, no, so started with the muggers and then with, uh, Mike Sa- Mike Sandry, I think his name is Sandry, was the coach of the Muggers last year. Yep, right. Um, and he was named one of the coaches of the women's uh, the women's Western Bulldogs team, oh, part, okay. of the, part of the national draft. Yep. Nice. And he asked whether or not I could or couldn't um, yep. go over and, and assist. Yep. And uh, I did a tackling session with those guys last year. Yep. Yep. I'm ple- officialdom. I'm pleased to announce it. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Real, real uh, that, exclusive. Yeah, real an exclusive. Yeah. I have I have been asked. I've been in, in touch with um, with them again, and uh, I've got the I've, I've been asked to pretty much come back on board, which nice. is great. So new coach, which was good. Yep. We were having a chat. I was out with um, uh, the VWFL Super uh, All Stars. They have right. a team. They have a game against the. Uh, the Australian Defence Force girls. Oh, okay. Every around right wow. about Anzac Day, and so I did some some tackling with those guys, and I'm currently working with the um, Victorian Women's State team who will play Western Australia uh, over the Queen's Birthday weekend in Perth. Right. Um, so I was doing a s- sort of a session out there, and, and a lot of the girls had all just been drafted. So yep. I was having wow. a bit of a chat, and some of them were muggers, some of them I'd worked with at the Bulldogs previously, yep. Yep. and one of the, one of the girls was sort of saying, "Oh, you know." Are you coming back? And I said, right. "Well, I don't know because it's not me. Yeah. It's uh, call back, and we're just trying to work out when, when, where, or how. Because it, obviously, it's like a three day camp, yeah. and, and these girls are never going to they don't play. To, you know, they don't get a chance to train together and all that sort of stuff. They're yeah. coming from all over. So you've got girls from WA, girls from everywhere coming yep. into this draft yeah. um, to play, and uh, it's gaining legs too. I think they played two games this year, or is it two games next year? No, nah, I think it's one game this year, two and, next and, year, and, yep. and maybe two next year. But but also too, they're really pushing into it. The the Calder Cannons Youth Girls team. Okay. Got, so basically, there will be a Youth Girls tack. They're trying to do that. Right. Sandringham, uh, Sandringham, Dandy, Oakley, uh, my my Calder girls, my yep. Calder girls at the first ever carnival um, wow. smashed. Yeah. They were actually nicknamed the yeah. Animals by <laughs> by other teams, which was brilliant. Um, I think they played. Would have just made your chest pop. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I got a, I got a text message. I got a text message from uh, one of the players, Maddie, and also the coach, and they were like, you know, hey, we we just won, blah blah blah. You know, yeah. we won this 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 carnival, and it wasn't a an official carnival or anything like that, right. but. Um, 
it just got back that these girls tackled. I, I keep getting spoken to about we've never seen girls tackle like that, <laughs> especially at that age, which is which is great, yeah. which is which is absolutely brilliant. And so, I mean, it says something about what you're actually teaching. There must be some obviously validity to it. But how do you find uh, the contrast between teaching? the male footballers compared to the female because I would imagine that obviously the guys they go through training their whole life and this is a small part of what they're doing but the girls it must be like really exciting and they're eager and absolutely I think I think the girls are more timid to a point yep. just slightly <laughs> then something just happens they snap they get like, a, bang get, it gets it, good yep, to them <laughs> yeah absolutely and and the one thing that as men what we what we uh, tend to do is if we don't understand it yep smash it <laughs> so, so, so it's, it's that it's that old adage where and, and I look at it from this way you know I talk to a lot of players about it you know you come home from work you're really tired yeah. door is locked what do you do smash it yeah you don't smash kick it in. it in take the key out take the key out and open it yeah. oh hang on you don't have a key what do you do smash it no go and check if a window's open or the back door check the back door yeah check everything Thank you. Mate. Um, so, so you do all these all these amazing things. You you, you figure all this stuff out. Yeah. Most blokes are, and in AFL, they honestly think. And oh, I'm 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 being. I think I'm being very um, stereotypical here. I We're think probably going to agree with you, though. I think it's getting. I think it's getting out of it. I think it's starting to to move away from it. But um, shoulder wise, they, they just think between their shoulders, their biceps, and their back. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I can anything, cool. right? Yeah. No. And yeah. so, so, so you still get past that attitude. You got to try and get past that. And then, when if they can't get the technique right, and it's the same with jits, same yep. with judo, yeah. power through, right? <laughs> so, so it's one or the other. Now, power through can work. Nothing wrong with but it. If they're bigger than you, then absolutely. You're fucked, so. Whereas women, from that perspective, they'll stand there and they'll listen to the technique and yep. they'll get the yep. technique right, and they just listen and listen and listen for that technique. Yep. And also to. Um, I'm a fresh-faced young man. I unfortunately don't have the battle scars of a yeah. fighter. I don't look. I don't look like a grappler by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I just got that wonky ear, and I. You got a cauliflower ear, and half of it, half of it. No, I've, I've, I have none. I, I used to. I, I sort of regret it now. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of regret it now. I'm like, oh, oh, uh. so what used to happen is, um, bang, you get it, and what I do is an ice the. Ice to buggery, yep. and then ah. I would get then I would get plaster of Paris, and I would actually plaster my ear, Whoa. and I would plaster it really, really, really tight, so as tight as it could. So then all of a sudden, ah. so you've stopped the flu, you've stopped the initial swelling, but it's going to swell anyway. Yep. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you put the plaster of Paris on as tight as possible, like a really tight sleeve. It's got nowhere to go. Damn. Yeah. And it hurts like buggery, but... No collie. No. I reckon. That's like that's some Crappy dedication collie. to yeah. not getting Crappy. cauliflower ears. How do you get it off? Crappy collie. So, <laughs> I'm just to, yeah, that's about the biggest... Oh, so, yeah. this is about the biggest collie I've got. You can feel. Oh, yeah, you yeah. can see pictures that's about of all I've got. And yeah. whereas I do have stupid wonky ears. Yeah. 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 So, no. unfortunately, no. But, yeah, it's it's that thing where, from a, from a female perspective... Um, they just they do they just listen to yep. they listen yep. and they 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 catch on to it quicker because they yeah. understand how it's going to work. I guess you, when you don't just have that natural brute force instinct, you, you, you can step back from it a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. trying to yeah. dick everything to death. Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. Absolutely, and then what happens is they 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 then they pick the brute force and the technique together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But coming back to that, you know, I don't look like a fighter, so all of a sudden you've got that man thing. The the 
you know, the slapping dicks at 10 paces sort of yep. deal yeah. where it's, oh, who's this guy? What's this guy? Like, you know, and, and slap dicks at 10 paces. So, yeah, so, so if I had a broken nose and all that sort of stuff, yeah. you know, um, I'd probably get a lot I more. spoke with a lisp. And... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take long to learn though. Face tattoo. <laughs> what was it? What was it? I don't know. One of my favorite, one of my favorite all-time movies, one that um, should never be put on when I'm drinking, uh, The Magnificent Seven, where... Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a group of Mexican Mexican farmers hire hired guns to yep. protect them, and uh, they're, they're all out in the pub and they're they're sort of sitting there with your Brenner and and <laughs> my main man Steve McQueen. He's just the yeah, cool. oh, yeah. Um, I actually had this is this is a freaky story. So we went to Man's Chinese Theatre. Yes, I, I, I have a photo of me putting my hands in his hands. They fit. Really, <laughs> it was so Damn. surreal. It, it was, was so surreal. So, Absolutely, this is I am. You get like a I, Shelby Cobra or something. Like I am. That. I am Steve McQueen. Um, <laughs> so, so, so. Um, anyway, and and, and the, 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 there's a guy that walks in, and one of the Mexican guys turns around and says, "Who's he? We need him." And he had all the scars and yep, the face yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And, then, and, and the first words were, "No, we need the man that put the scars." Exactly. On the face. Yeah. 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 So you're the man ah, that put yeah, the scars yeah. on. Yeah. No. <laughs> But he knows the bloke. <laughs> I'm the guy who told the story. Absolutely. <laughs> that's um, that's Bashemi in um, yeah, yeah, Desperado. Desperado. Yeah, yeah. yeah the one who gets to too, tell yeah, the story. Yeah. Um, well, the, the last one we want to I wanted to touch on because you, you know we've said you've gone to TAC, you've done the AFL, done the women's AFL, done the um, Eastern Football League. And, yeah, and yeah. Done, I do the yeah. like their coaching program. Yep. So the one up, you know. Club coaches, they, yep. they have to come and get their accreditation. And they, you've they you've also them. done, just recently, the, the local wrestlers. Ah, I knew it was going to come through. <laughs> Damn right, I put it on. Um, so first off, what's your ring name? Can't tell you. Can't? Can't? Can't tell you. So I was going to choose that name. Yeah. So first off, hang on. So they've got you in to do, I'm assuming, proper break falling. Uh, no, no, definitely no. not. No, no. So basically, uh, long story short, uh, around about 2001, I I dabbled and mucked around in the pro wrestling scene for yep. about 15 yep. years. Um, loved every minute <laughs> of it. I'm a I'm a wrestling tragic. Where from um, way back? I'm um I was so devastated that Hulk Hogan was out here. I was up in New South Wales. Oh, oh, so oh was, really? It was brutal. Um, that being said, you know, um, part of me I've known a predominant amount. Of the wrestlers in in Melbourne, so yep. all the different all the different wrestling. I've known a lot of them that are still going around, yep. um, and um, yeah, sort of. It, it was at a, a bizarre time where I was really enjoying judo, but I was I wanted. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, exactly. this is really cool. It probably ruined judo a little bit yep. for, for me because, like you know, when you when you when you wrestle, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting story I read. Um, so I was reading Hulk Hogan's biography uh, on one of my trips somewhere, yep. somehow, yep. and I was reading it and it was talking about how he went to his first ever class with uh, the Japanese guy you know, and the, the guy basically broke his leg. You know, yeah, it was yeah, old yeah. school that shooter. That was the way they used to do it. Old school shooter style. So anyway, yep. when I rang these guys and said, oh, you know, can I come down? Yeah, yeah, yeah come down for an assessment. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> right So I'm like doing, I've gone, I've gone to, to judo like extra time doing heaps of groundwork just yeah. getting my chokes on and getting everything around I'm like yeah right so I walk in and no offense Kenneth if you're listening um, <laughs> the guy that the guy that was running the show at the time very very small guy very very you know all right? and I'm thinking yeah. right. and he's like alright let me show you I'm thinking where are they coming from <laughs> <laughs> where are these guys coming from I'm ready I'm ready to just I'm gonna sh- you know right and um, so 
yeah. So all of a sudden it was like, you know, and then it was like, he's just showing me this stuff. And, yep. and I'm like, and that's it. <laughs> and I'm okay. Like, Absolutely. And it was just predominantly break falling and yep. understanding yep. that sort of stuff. And then they showed a couple of things and it was quite funny how he went to, he went to hip toss me and I didn't, do, I just went, and he's like, looked at me, he's like, he's like, no, no, no. Oh, you supposed to go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 right, yeah. right. So little things like that. Um, and then from me doing that sort of stuff was sort of manhandling, I was actually manhandling people. Yep. So yeah. you had to learn in between. So, yeah. um, the reason, the reason that I like, and, and anyone that does listen to this that knows who I am, they know what I. I'm a true believer in the old form of kayfabe. Yep, I'm an absolute yep. true believer in it. And um, my my uh, a couple of my characters were absolute kayfabe, and I, I love every minute of it. And yep. I like yep. I like the anonymity. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, that being said, off. Off mic, we might chat. Um, <laughs> I, might, I might show you a couple of things, but um, yeah. So, so I pretty much wrestled on and off for I actually, yeah, on and off for probably about thirteen years. Okay, nice. Um, and just came in and came out. The thing with wrestling, as with anything, if you don't train, yeah, you don't do well. And that was the thing where, um, when I was younger, when I didn't have children, when I yeah. had. I don't know, copious amounts of energy where for some bizarre reason I could survive <laughs> like on cocaine or something. <laughs> no, um, I was able to, you know, I'd go to training here and then there and I'd slide into a wrestling gig yep. and do yep. this and do that. Whack on um, a figure four. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> go home. Yep. <laughs> um, and then from there, just, just do that sort of stuff. Um, I had all the time in the world and I really don't have it anymore. Yeah, and and yeah. it sort of suffered to a point. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. And basically my, my friends are now running the company. Right. Uh, they're running a company. I actually dabbled with a with a mate of mine. We actually ran a we we tried our own promotion. Yeah, two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Yeah. Just in between it, not an ideal thing. We're trying to make an Olympics either. <laughs> uh, especially when you got your mate. You, you, you're over in you're over in New South. You're over in in New Zealand or something like that, and they're doing a gig, and they're like, "Mal, where's this?" And you're like, "Dude, I'm busy." <laughs> right, so, and they and, and it's that thing. It's two different worlds. They didn't yeah. understand where I was. Yeah. I understand exactly where they were, and I was like, "Oh God, you know, yeah. really sorry, but mate, I can't help at the moment." And, yeah, exactly. Know, and we did really, really. I think um, it was called Total Wrestling Entertainment. Yep. And um, I think from that perspective, it was just two guys, well, three guys that loved the business yep. and loved it and thought that we could change it a little bit. Yep. Um, and I think we we did to it. We changed the production value, I think, a okay. little bit yep. and, and things like that within the means of what we could. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm really proud of it. And it's one of those shooting staff type deals where yeah. it went and it went and we... <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the best part is we actually walked away neutral. Which yeah. was awesome. So yeah. we didn't lose money, we didn't gain any money. Everything we spent by the time we sold our ring and did everything, yeah. we pretty much looked at each other. And at that old episode of Jerry Seinfeld, where he puts his hands in his pocket, lost twenty bucks, yeah. finds another one. Yeah. It, yeah. it was it was us. So it was really happy. And, so, and you didn't lose any lose the friends out of it either. Yeah. No, so no. Still talking to them. The one the one thing amazing. the one thing that I must say, and and it was uh, Steve. Steve's Steve's a lot younger. I've known him for a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I was actually the best man at his wedding. And this this yeah. guy is not even. He's not even thirty yet. Yeah. Damn. And I'm I'm forty three. Like I've known him for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, known him when he was a kid and doing all this sort of stuff. He and I ran a business and most business partners, when that sort of stuff happens, you actually separate. Yeah. It actually brought us closer. I okay. actually made our right. friendship really, 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 really close. Right. So um yeah, it, it, it's a very bizarre thing. Yep. And it's absolutely yeah. positive. But yeah, so doing all that and then um they just had some downtime with their ring. 
Yep. And yep. they decided to put it on a seminar week. Yep. Okay. And um, they rang me up and just said, how's your availability? And I said, funnily enough, I said, can you fit me Monday? He yep. goes, yep. yep. And they said, when's the ring coming back? And they go, oh, next Tuesday. And I went, I'll do the next Monday as well. Yep. Yep. We'll do it over a two-part. And yep. basically what they wanted to do was expose the wrestlers to the reality of what they do. Yeah. So yeah. for example, just understanding how to, like, you know, if you're going to put on a choke, this yeah. is what a choke is. This is what really yeah. This is, is how it yeah. works. You're going to yeah. put an arm bar, this is how you do it. Yeah. This is how you get out of it. This is how you do this. Yeah. Because, I don't know if you ever watch, uh, yeah. watch, watch basic wrestling where, if you've ever been to a local wrestling thing, if a guy puts on an arm bar, the first way to get out of it, if you can't get out of it, is to bum shuffle yep. all the way to the ropes and, and grab yeah. a rope. Yeah. Right? Everybody does it. So change it up. So show, you know, so we're showing how to get out or yep. Yep. how to, you know, maybe stack them well, and do yeah. all that, you know, all that yep. sort of stuff. Especially now with MMA being so popular. And it's not like there's people that go, uh, MMA and wrestling, there's a lot of crossover in Absolutely. fans and people are smart enough to go, yeah. well, hang on, that's not how you do it. Absolutely. So yeah. but it's you look smart. at Brock Lesnar's um, motif he has with UFC now, it's all yeah. based on mixed martial arts. Absolutely. Yeah. And his like Kimura he's got finisher. the gloves, got yeah. finisher. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm yet to see people escape from the Kimura when it's put up to their ear. No, absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, there's no one kidding themselves thinking that Brock Lesnar isn't a dangerous motherfucker. Yeah. No, no matter if it's fake or not, this dude will mess people up. Absolutely. If he's got a new Kimura, I'd be whispering in his ear, Brock, you know this is fake, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know we're going to have for dinner afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just, just as long as you're aware. Mate. So, Did you eat my strawberries? So then uh, <laughs> WrestleMania, Ronda in the middle of the ring it must yeah. have been oh, I was awesome like, yeah. like um, I was actually at my I, I was up visiting um, the. I was up visiting Kochi with my family and her yep. family oh, up, yeah, up, yep, in, yep. up in uh, up in New South and she's yep. a massive wrestling mark um, yep. and uh, she was and I said have you seen it and so like I've, I've got WWE app so I'm like yep. Yep, yep. Yep, here we go there it is and she sat there like this and, and from us it was that thing where we've been around her you, you just yep. got to see it yeah. she's like she like looks. She goes. She's in the front row. I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah. How good's that? Yeah. You know, and and you just watch it where, um, she Ronda Ronda to mine is the true testament that you never know where you're going to be. Yeah. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you play a sport called judo. Yeah. You play a sport called judo in the US. Yeah. Right. She has become the largest female athlete. In the world, for yeah. want of a better yep. word, there used to be an athlete called uh, Tani, um, and she uh, she was the lightweight Japanese fighter. Yep. She won. She basically was undefeated, undefeated for God knows how long. The only two losses that she had was ninety two and ninety six Olympic finals. Uh. Right? right. Comes into Sydney, unbe- unbackable favourite, and yep. gonna you know should should win. This this lady has her own like animation program in Japan, right? Right. The they they actually um, they charter fly they chartered a seven four seven to bring fans in to watch Jesus. her fight wow. first day, right? Fire so um, yeah, so Ryoku Tani just like from a judo perspective, Ronda Rousey is bigger than Ryoku Tani, yeah, right? Yeah. And and that's a point where. Um, I'm getting her, front, her first name right. But yeah, bigger than Tani. And it's that point where you think about that concept. You never know. Yeah. You just never know. Rhonda got into MMA because she was not making, she thought she could do better than making money as a barmaid. Exactly. Who yeah. was an Olympic bronze medalist. Yeah. Had nothing to fall back Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I remember hearing her story where she 
All right, she'd done the, the bronze medal with the Olympics and then came back and living in a car. Nothing no. to do now. There's no there's no other things that can there's... facilitate those skills that she's spent her entire life actually perfecting. Absolutely. And she's like, what do I do? I've got a job. Think, and... and she was successful at it. So there yeah. you go, kids. Tennis mm-hmm. or golf. Because yeah. you get payment <laughs> straight up. Exactly. I think a big part about her appeal too is that um, her work ethic is what's made her who she is. And yeah. the fact she's been working at it so long. Because you wouldn't say uh, she's... She's not the strongest athlete out there. She's no. not... Uh, <coughs> if you were going to build a female MMA athlete, she's not everything you'd go for. But she devoted everything she had to it. Mm. Uh, you know, first to judo, then to MMA. And she's even setting things up to be, do acting and whatever. She just yeah, so devotes yeah. herself completely. And so I think it, it just shows to young girls and young guys that if you're willing to put in the, the time on the mats or in the books, if that's what you want to be, you can do it. And... You know, she is just so single-minded, and she's the the elite female athlete in the world at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, and if you're a young girl out there, and your mum's a psycho, <laughs> <laughs> wakes you up with an armbar yeah. every morning. You no, know, I'm saying, give her a chance. You know, still hope do a thing yet. or two. <laughs> you never yeah. know. Um, Mel, I think that's about all we've got to go through, mate. That um, was uh, unbelievable. And I, yeah. I didn't know, I knew you'd worked with the wrestling. I didn't know you had a, a long history of that. Absolutely. So, so it sounds like there's some there's a future there and, as well. The thing is, up. we're only stopping this because we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. We, we, so we'll probably do a follow-up because we're actually... <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love Believe to. it or not, we're at two hours and 44 minutes. The wow. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Zenith Sports, we'll put the links up um, everywhere. Um, yep. And... Uh, Again, thank you so much, guys. I just want to say thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, mate. And we'll do it again for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. No worries. I can't believe that's almost three hours.